The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey, welcome to the winemakers. I'm John Myers. I'm sitting across from Jeff Cohn and, and Sam Katuri has joined us. Thank you very much for that nice pour. Now, now, I'm here for it. Now you have two to uh, um, drink over there. Well, gotcha. you know, when you're tasting wine, it's important to have more than one glass. Well, and Sam needs to play catch up. We've already... That's we've, right. You, we've, we've been hanging out for a little, little behind. Here. You need to compare wines, actually. So I mean, you know, I've never been to a prof- wine tasting that's on a professional scale, and I'm sure that the people surrounding me would say the same. That <coughs> you only had one glass. No. You know, not to say that we're professional here at all. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, people say I'm just a big ass. So, uh huh. Hey, we're well, we're we're just at just about at twelve. 1,000, 1,200, 12,000, 12,000, 12 million dollars, yes, 1 billion, <laughs> Dr. Even, welcome uh, to the second show where it all goes wrong, uh-huh, no, see, this is why the second show is always more fun than I the first, agree. well, I'm it's, glad it's, I brought three more bottles, it, it started so to go downhill around the end of the last show, so I, <laughs> well, it's not going to be as long as the last one. The last one went over an hour. The one with uh, Sandra went hour and ninety minute uh, podcast. Easy. I don't nah. think I don't think I could listen to the whole thing. I tried. <laughs> My attention. I'm too much of a millennial. My attention spans about forty five minutes. <laughs> well, I did get it. So anyway, um, hey, welcome Sam Katuri. Thank you. And we have Ian Blessing with us and. Jeff Cohen. I'm still here. He's still here, and he's pouring some of my favorite wine, uh, the Casada Vineyard Zin. Now, the Casada Vineyard is out on Highway 12, kind Highway of a 12. little a little pocket behind uh, the Pagani Ranch, and it is absolutely fabulous. My favorite, if I had to pick one, I mean... You got to pick one. You got to pick one. And I'm going to say the flavors in that particular uh, gin are incredible. Well, Just- thank you. You know, the 15 vintage, though, was a very interesting vintage in that vineyard. Uh, it was a little bit warmer vintage. Was this, so was this were a little more last compact. year there? Or was it 15? No, uh, no, 14. 14 was 14. Fine. So the 15, a little bit tighter, uh, a little more compact. I think it's more uh, fruit driven than cooler climate. Vintages are, um, but I love the fruit aspect of this wine. Mm. There's still some of that pepper, but not as much uh, more black fruits to this wine. It's more. It's more play. I mean, the 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 first in we tasted the the Amador was oh. it it had more dark notes to it. It, it was I a little so. more back and forth. This is this is almost just straight kind of playful funs in. Which is, it's really tasty. It's, it's very enjoyable, it's just, but it's a very different style. It's so, mm-hmm. very. It, it's, it's very it's juicy is, yeah. is the word for sure. Jeff, can you, can you talk about the 2015 vintage um, kind of a, as a whole? As um, a whole. The, the, we, we, we heard so much about 11 
and then 12 was good and 13 was good and 14 was good. I feel like 15 hasn't really been talked about very much, but it's a really interesting vintage that we don't ever really discuss. I think that's a vintage that, you know, because I make wines from many different uh, areas, um, not just AVAs, but different areas of Sonoma, that there are certain areas that definitely got more affected, say the Casada, where it's a little more compressed uh, vintage. It was a little bit shorter. Um, where Rock Pile and, say, the Zio Tony that we're going to try, I really had, there was nothing different for me. It, it was the same amount of time on the vine, great hang time. Um, I, I think as a whole, though, the vintage is more fruit-driven than it is mineral-driven. So it's more about the fruit than more than it doesn't showcase the terroir as much. Well, it's much um, lighter. It definitely is a much sure. lighter vintage. Well, it was a lighter vintage uh, in general. I mean, weight wise. I mean, weight wise too. That's and that's one of the reasons why places were, um, you know, a place like Casada had a shorter growing season because there just wasn't a lot of fruit out there. Um, Fifteen, we had early bud break, then frost, and then hail, and then rain. <laughs> and right. Then, so we had all and then issues. and then it got really hot. So they're they're just. It was all the things that kind of limit the size of the crop happening. Um, you know, we have vineyards where we got half the fruit that we normally get out of it in, in 15. So in a place like that, you know, where that's happening, and there's not as much uh, fruit out there to ripen that just ripens a lot faster. Um, well, I, I tell you, Bart Hansen just Bart Hansen, he dealt with some 20. The Hansen, Bart Hansen. Bart Hansen. Coming in hot off a tasting with our friend Tony Biaggi. Oh, really? He's been tasting, huh? Oh, He's been tasting God, already, huh? Drinking at but, 11 I mean, that's and what January 12, is, though. Huh? This is, uh, this is when, you ta- when you start tasting the previous vintage. God, that's... It's tasting... No. But, you know, <laughs> it's okay. It's all yeah. okay. So when we're talking about 15 and your, your comment, you know... Working with, and, and we're going to be tasting this Domaine de Chirats, working with Yves Couleron, he saw this situation going on and he said, you know what, we're going to, even though we had a little bit lower yield up at Rockpile, he was like, we're leaving everything that we have on there. No, didn't drop any fruit. Didn't drop any fruit. So we had that extended time up there uh, to get the flavor profiles that we were really looking for, the extended time on the vine. Um, so... You know, obviously, he, I think he has more experience with issues with weather right. than we probably do here in California because, you know. spoiled California babies. We live with the sunshine. So, um, and the and the Zio Tony, which we're going to try afterwards, is, a, is definitely a cooler climate in Sebastopol. So, we really, there was no issues there. Where is the Zio Tony one? Uh, that's off Fry Road. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so Martinelli. It's the Martinelli Vineyard. Yeah. So is it, it's Martinelli's Farming? It is Martinelli Farming. It's George. Cool. So, so for 15s then, you're saying 15s tend to, tend to be a little fruitier. Is that because I think so. there was less fruit on the vine, the fruit ripened f- faster? Yeah, <clears throat> I think so. Less, I think it's less room for, not that 15s are going to be bad, but, but not as many diverse flavors, more fruit forward because it ripened quickly. Uh, it all depends on the area. So get, the other thing is that you're getting... Um, we had some heat spikes. You had really small berries in 2015. Mm-hmm. 
So you're not getting a ton of juice in those berries. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, I think dense is a wine, is a word that, you're going to get some really dense wines out of yeah. 15. The, yeah, because the, there's the, just crazy amounts of skin The 15s that I've had have, have been great. They've been yeah. really, they're just, they're, they're beautiful. They're, they're fresh, they're fruit forward. They're, they're wines for, for those that like a young wine, for those that for like now. a wine to drink right now, that you're not looking to develop flavors over 10, 15 years. If you like a bright, fresh, in your face, Red wine, California 15s, wine. 15s, California wine, a very typical, if you like Cal, if you like that typical, that quote unquote, California wine flavor, you're going to enjoy 15s right now. Absolutely. That's the vintage drink right now is 15s. Uh, you know, but we're that's gonna, what I'm drinking. We're going to, yeah, that's what you're drinking <laughs> so now. But when we get to the Domaine de Chirats, you may think otherwise because it's definitely more mineral driven as the Ziotoni is. So I poured the Domaine de Chirats first. Yeah, I'll drink that now. Yeah, I'm still you, on the Zen. It's really tasty. Yeah, the uh, good. Me too. I I poured an extra large. Uh, I saw that. That was extra good for large you. Uh, pour for me. That was how yep. unusual. Jeff, for you me. may you may change the way I feel about about Zen. This is not <laughs> yeah. good. This, is, this, isn't, well, really, that's, that's this isn't really a thing I do. And Sam too. Changing people's opinions of Zen is one of my Absolutely. Zen and Syrah. People come into the tasting room all the time, and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't really like Zin. I don't like Syrah. And they go, okay, well, try these ones. And, um, and it, you know, the Jeff Cohn is a testament to what I'm about to say, which is when you make Zin and Syrah, and you focus on them, you make them serious wines of place. Um, you don't try and make them into something else. You don't try and make it a... Low alcohol, high acid, Zin doesn't handle that that well. And you don't try and make it Cabernet and put it on a bunch of new oak. You you make it a wine of place yeah. and make uh, it seriously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, Zin and Syrah can be Thank great you. wines. And well, that's Bart Hansen who has stumbled in from, I, I mean, from another yeah, I ta- saw him stumble from, an- in. from another taste. Coming in hot. I mean, my... my um, my my passion behind that is is I, I worked at a winery that I thought did that for really well, you know, back in the eighties and nineties. And then the onslaught, I always call it just the onslaught of zap. Like just what and, and I love zap and I've been to it and participate in it, but but what's happened there is just, you know, I mean what kind of happened there was just high alcohol sweet, uh, no identity. Just yeah. everybody chasing intensity, it seemed like. It has to be about terroir. It has right. to be about place. If it, if the wine is not about a place, then why are you making it? It you know, you can make it should you make a, the make a, a and, I, and I've made a, a so many different Syrahs. And look up at Rockpile. I make four different Syrahs from up at Rockpile, same vineyard but different areas of the vineyard, and each one is so different. How how are they different? You know, the soils are different in the different areas, the, the ta- different taste sun wise. profiles. I mean, it's, it, you know what? The only way to really explain that is for you to sit there and him. taste side by side. I will. And, and I, I invite you not, to. And when you're dealing with these types of like really intricate terroir kind of <laughs> driven differences in a wine like that, it, it's not just flavor. It's um, textural differences. It's, it's the way that it... Um, feels going across your palate and you know sometimes sometimes that's the easiest easiest (laughs) way for people who are maybe new to wine to to start tasting wine is think about it not worry about 
cassis and black currant or like trying to find right. a, a word for some flavor that you don't really, you know. Because really those words don't mean anything. Because those words are all made up anyway. They literally Just mean think nothing. About the, Foxy. The, they, Foxy. Well, what does that even mean? I prefer messy. Funky. Um, but, but I mean. I, I, Foxy's French good though too. Funky. Um, feel about, I mean, t- pay attention to the texture of a wine and that's where you're going to see some of those differences, you know, in a place like the Rock Pile where, yeah, you're going to make four straws. They're going to have... Flavor-wise, there's going to be a lot of similarities. It's the same vineyard. It's the same varietal. But as it approaches your palate, it's going to approach your palate differently. And those are those subtle differences that, you know, don't think about the fruit profile. Think about how it touches your palate and how it finishes uh, it. Bart, Mr. Hanson, how have you been today i'm good i'm good we uh had a jeff good to see you i'm glad (laughs) there's been a long time coming yeah Uh, i'm good we had a uh a little tasting this morning with julia and tosca and um tony biaggi i think i can say his name um and myself uh just tasting the some of the 16s we've already uh, I think we may have already cracked that seal <laughs> on the winemakers. Um, two, uh, 2016 wines for bottling in uh, next couple months. And yeah, it was good. You know, kind of looked at some numbers and everything tasted the, perfect. The 16s are like, I mean, the 16s that I've tasted, when we were putting them in barrel, I was ready to bottle them and sell them. Right. I haven't tasted two weeks, six, two right. weeks later. Yeah. 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 Two <laughs> weeks later. Two weeks later. The, yeah. uh, you know, I'll say that the cab and the uh, the cab blend, the reminiscence and the uh, the Merlot blend, the uh, Paysage, um, are both tasting like they'll be ready to bottle in April. Um, the Malbec just mean that it's the Malbec, it's Malbec what it is. You can bottle it in 2017. Right. <laughs> 20, and it'll still... Or 2027, I right. guess. And what it'll year still, is it right it'll now? still <laughs> taste like it's only a year and a half old. You could bottle it when Dane graduates college. <laughs> right. So, yeah, uh, but it was good tasting. So I'm glad to be here, though. Well, we're glad to have you. I mean, that's the idea is get everybody together on a Thursday in, I think, still January, I think. Uh, Looks and, like it. Feels yeah. like it. <laughs> And uh, at that point, uh, get together and uh, drink some wine and talk. I, you know, I, I, wanna, about I have wine. to thank Brian here. He's really setting me up. He's pouring me the wines that I missed from the uh, previous recording. Now he's brought me a little plate of um, things to eat, especially that cheese. That's, oh. that's <laughs> your stinky that's cheese. The, that's the cheese. That's, that's the, the cheese. one. That's, that's the footlocker cheese. That's going <laughs> to get you, <laughs> Brian is the sommelier and waiter of... Uh, the winemakers, right? This is what he, it's. He's it's. Uh, have you anybody mentioned the fact that we've actually tried to have Jeff Cohen on basically every episode that we've ever t- taped of uh, the winemakers since the very beginning? We're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get Jeff Cohen as a. Uh, Jeff. Well, Jeff, I'm Jeff, I'm here. Jeff, I'm here. Jeff coming here. this week. Can here, we get here, Jeff this week? Here's the deal. <laughs> it's you know he wasn't he, open. Once he wasn't moved open. to Sonoma, then he was legit. So there you go. Then we right. were like, wait a minute. You mean the Jeff Cohen? The Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I heard of the one down in Jack London Square, but the Jeff Cohen is moving Jeff to Cohen. Sonoma. I moved. Yeah, yes. you know, I've been given so much crap about not living in the Sonoma or wine country area that I finally had to make that move. So I'm happy I have. It's it's been great. It's been great. And you know, uh, being in downtown Sonoma with the tasting room, a lot of great support. You know, Sam, it's been it's amazing. Um, Everybody and, that I, I mean, it's it's. 
Yeah. Have we actually measured how from like my front door to your front door? It's got to be. It's got to be like two hundred. Yeah, yards. I was say two hundred yards. Three hundred feet. Yeah, yeah. two hundred yeah. yards. Probably yeah. about right. It's uh, it's the closest tasting room to sixteen six hundred. So I send people there all the time. I hopefully they that. hopefully they show up and say. They do. Hopefully they show up and, and give me credit for I, sending I'm, them. I'm there. hoping they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you we or Ben? We do the same right, thing. We do yeah. the so, same thing. So Bart, when is Dane Sellers opening a tasting room on the plaza? Uh, it's, and I'll say it here. I'll say it here. <laughs> the best Grenache. Over uh, here. Absolutely, yeah. Without a doubt. I'll, I'll, Without I'll, a doubt. I'll second that. Thank you. Best. So. Uh, Dane Sellers will not be opening a tasting room. Breaking news here on Winemakers. <laughs> 2018, Dane Sellers not opening still, a tasting still, still not, not opening. <laughs> I saw, you know, I got an email the other day um, talking about a uh, grandfathered tasting room on the square for rent again. And... Um, uh, I wonder which... Looked what, at what, it. Do you know what... It, yeah, oh yeah. I, I mean, it's it, not important who it is, but... Um, you know, yeah, someone is some gossip. You said, he said, he said again, well, uh, which means they feel no, uh, the, I mean, there are areas of on the taste on the plaza where there is a pretty high turnover rate for some of the tasting rooms. And, you know, for whatever reason, geographically or the rent is too high or the space isn't right or the, you know, just bad luck after bad luck of, you know, ill conceived projects. Um, yeah, I mean, is, I think you know, yeah, I, I, probably all you know a mix yeah. of all of that, right? And 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 there will always be some ones that you know, um, as business goes, changes and ownership changes and decisions. I mean, that's how we got Jeff here is by because he decided to make a change. And um, but yeah, no, for us, we're not going to open a tasting room. I it, it's um, I'm too immature in my business sense to do anything like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe too smart in your business sense to do that. Well, there's a certain you know volume production that you, if you're not, and you know, I don't know what how, yeah, what I'm, you make case wise, yeah, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I haven't, I don't sell enough on a yearly basis to justify having to open up a tasting room to try to attract more people. Although. You sell a lot more on a yearly basis with the tasting room than you do without. Uh, absolutely, I mean, but yeah. if I have to, I have to get to one right. number before I start. You also about only have other. one employee, right? And, and Dane, you, you have sold from <laughs> the show, and I'm correct? very jealous of that. Yes, I, you know, I mean, right? As I understand, you know, any sort of business, one of the hardest things doing is managing people, and um, you know after budgets oh, and yeah. everything else. So that's why I just let them do whatever uh, they want. It's, it's a much easier management <laughs> method. Oh, hey, you're gonna show up today? Great. <laughs> well I have I have one thing to, Ian, you to say to Bart. I gotta tell <laughs> I, I I wanna make comment about this. Um, we were at HDR uh, I guess it's two years ago. And we're at a tasting That's where ho- everybody hospice to not the Viognier Bowling Club, not the Viognier Bowling <laughs> That's Club. That's a different thing. That's a whole different thing. Wait, I want to find out about that more than okay. <laughs> 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 come back. So, That's so a we're great story. We're over Listen at Herman's story. We're at Herman's story, and we're tasting through all these wines. And and you will tell me that I I said this right. I know you will say this. All right, and I'm tasting through all these wines, and there are all these big wines. And I finally get to your wine. All right, and I, I and I taste it. I go, God, this tastes like Sonoma. You know, you're tasting all these Paso and Santa Barbara wines. I tasted this wine. I said, Sonoma. It has that Sonoma 
component to it. And he was just there. He goes, well, that's my wine. And I, was like, I mean, I already had a crush on him, and then I fell in love with him. <laughs> so I tasted it. I'm telling you, and is I was there, very nice. Is there a camera? Is someone recording this? My, my eyes lit up, did it not? I was like, you know what? This has Sonoma written all over it. And I was very thank thankful you, thank, because thank you, very much. You, you go through all those wines, and you're just like, what the hell? They all start tasting the same. You know, and, and I know they don't think that way down there, but they do. No, there's nothing like his cab. Oh, it was all Rhone. It was all Rhone. It, it was all Rhone. It was all Rhone. Um, no, no. This was Grenache. Me, it was either Juicy Creek or it was the Valeria. I don't remember. If what? The Valeria would have been uh, uh, Landmark and, or Steel Plow and Juicy Creek. Mm -hmm. That's which one it was. Mm -hmm. It was the two. It was that. See, that was Mouvedre based, and so it, it, it stood out. That was so. That's what it's supposed to do. That's right, and and that's what you know. And that's why you try multiple wines. I mean, you know, you go to a tasting room. I don't want to just taste a half an ounce of one and then go on to another and go on to another. No, I want to line three or four up. Taste them all, go back, taste them all again, go back, taste them all, pick out the best one. And at that point, that's the last thing I did at your place. And I forget what I came home with besides the uh, Casada, but it was another one that was just blew me away. You know, at the tasting room, one of the things I like to do is uh, I like to pour the white wines last. Because I think my whites are of that richness that when you pour them last, they kind of send a spark out. And they really showcase a lot better than hmm. pouring them first because uh, I never they, thought of that. they get lost. I, you know, that's really interesting to say that because yeah. just tasting the, uh, what's the two barrels? Two guys, two, two barrels. Two guys, two barrels. I mean, that's a wine that blindfolded, you could think that it was a red wine. Because it's it's that rich it's and that and rich, that, it's that powerful. Yeah, I mean both both of those could be. Can I order? There, can there's, I order there's one no of those? <laughs> drinking either of those before another glass or, or for you, Sam? Please, Garcon. I think that's an interesting point that that John makes, and I think that's something that that more tasting rooms should do is is that pouring of say you're pouring three or four wines, pour two ounces of of all of them, and give you a minute to to sit with each one and go back and forth, especially if you're pouring. You know, multiple Syrahs, multiple Pinots. You know, I, I, I you know, sell wine for a living. I, 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 if you poured me half an ounce of a Pinot and then a different Pinot and a different Pinot, I couldn't tell you the differences between them. I could tell you which one I liked, maybe. Right. But, you know, if you're going to pour especially the same varietal, you need to be able to do it side by side. You can't yeah, just do. You, you can't just do one after the other. It's not back that, to back comparison. Not that you know you're not going to lose anything by doing. It's not the experience isn't going to be a waste. But I think you, you there is a lot to to, to be said for. Sitting with three glasses of wine with decent pours, with well, a, with a two ounce pour in it, and actually being able to to sit with it and and, and contemplate it and, and and judge it based on based against the other wines. And that's how you teach yourself how to taste wine too. And that's when you know that's how you start to see you know those terroir driven sort of differences. You know, I, I eventually the sixteen six hundred program will be such that you could come in and taste four or five different Grenaches. And they're all from a different vineyard, and you know they're made basically the same way, and they're you know grown by the same people. So what's what's the difference? Is the soil and the aspect of of the property, um, and 
at that point, you know, even a, a novice wine drinker should be able to start to see differences. Now, if you took a novice wine drinker and poured five Grenaches in a row in one gla- in the same glass over and over, they might, might not see that. But right. um, you, well, know, you start think- to train your palate a little bit. And, and, you know, like we've said here before, the nice thing about the new tasting room concept with sitting, as you guys talk about, Sam, at your place, sitting with the wine for an hour or 45 minutes or whatever right. it takes Makes and actually get difference. to know the wine, you know, as opposed to, okay, here's this. Okay, you ready for the next one here? And, you know, and you're taking that last sip and instead of like really contemplating it, you're just shooting it to get to the next wine to keep up with everybody. And then to get to the next tasting, because really at the end of the day, you're just like, I'm trying to get drunk here. You're like, I, I don't know what I'm tasting. I'm just, <laughs> I know I'm getting buzzed and it's kind of fun. Let's keep doing this. Woohoo. But like, uh-huh. you're not going yeah. to yeah. the bus you're is not gonna learn anything. You don't learn anything. The bus is leaving. Yeah. And no, you're not going and frankly, just to get, you blasted. don't really sell that much wine that way. No, you don't. You know, it's it's uh, from a from a business standpoint. Yeah, it's great. You drive. You have crazy volume, and you go through a whole bunch of of bottles because you're pouring it all in these one ounce shots all day long. But you're not getting like really deeply engaged wine club members. You're not getting people who have a memorable experience uh, and reorder when they get home because. You know, they brought they bought two bottles, but there wasn't enough and they want more when when, you know, from. So this is just like make the best experience possible for the for the customer. It's actually how you get customers that, you know, spend uh, a real amount of money justifying, you know, this whole thing uh, and and actually hold on for, you know, more than more than by the time they get to the next place. My friend uh, Bill Henry, who is in your club, uh, for his anniversary, pulled out your Zen, you know, and, and it was, it, you know, that was their bottle. And right. They had a wonderful time. It means so, I got to call them and sell them another bottle of Zen. No, I mean, <laughs> well, yes, probably. Um, you could do that, but I'll take care of that for okay, you if you don't you. mind. That's, so. that's the best kind of customers. You don't want to have to call where other customers call them for you. Well, it's not too hard, you know. Right. I mean, it's beautiful wines so I, I love them and uh you know they don't end up in the closet storage they end up in the garage in the in the fridge in the fridge yeah i mean i want to i want to keep them you know uh, good so but also drink them uh, I, <laughs> exactly i you know tuesday, i am torn tuesday between night them. is a great night to drink right. them I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm torn though because you want to save them but you want to drink them I mean, drink it when you yeah, <laughs> drink it. Says. We have a saying: "Drink it now, we'll make more." Right. I hate people that save their wine for a special occasion. <laughs> Brian, when, well, when, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> I mean, Brian, it's Friday. How do you, how do you really feel, Brian? Brian, Brian, as a wine buyer, would always say, "He'd always say, well, you know what? Just discount it to me, and I'll sell more of it." He goes, "You're gonna make more. Don't you want to sell it all?" <laughs> Uh, uh, sell it all to lose a dollar a bottle but make it up in volume right uh but but all of us have done the same thing we have held wines too long and i would rather say that i drank it too early than i drank it too late you know i'm probably sitting i'm probably there's i'm sure there's things in my cellar that i should have drank i'm seeing drinking it too early is always better than drinking it too late absolutely drinking drinking it too early is an interesting experience because you get to taste what that wine is like that's right drinking it too late gives you nothing absolutely you you you, there, there there's a very short period where 
it's it, where when you drink it too late, it's interesting, and you you can see you can look back and say, okay, what would have this have tasted like three years ago, at, at, at maybe towards the end of its maturity, but there, when you drink it too late and it's done, there's nothing. You get there's nothing something. from that wine. You drink it too early, lots. Yeah, of, you, maybe you're killing a baby, but it's lots, interest. It, lots it's of it's fruit. at least it's no, interesting. No, 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 you can you can you can baby? get you can get something from what it. It's not in the just last. Us. Not I just did we got that. weird. We've got weird. That. For the last Ian can just drop <laughs> killing a baby and nobody reacts. <laughs> I had the, the I, I mean I just got clop here. We just don't care anymore. 2015 clop Kunas, right? The Kunas. And you know what? Way too young. Way too young. But you know what? I wanted to know. Absolutely. You got to know what that tastes you like. Gotta you got to know. I need to know what a 15 Club Cornas tastes like. Right. How did it taste? Because I have some 2008s that I should drink. Oh, you should drink it. Yeah, it okay. tastes great. Okay. <laughs> I, had a ni- I had a 96 the other day that was oh, one of the best man. things I've ever tasted in my entire Not life. a great year, but amazing it, it, wine. It, it blew me away. I was like, Boom. oh, it was I, had, I drink a lot of great wines, and it was probably in my top five in the last three years. I had that at Chipanese not too long ago. Well, we so. had the uh, that '98 Boat Castell. <laughs> we're obviously going to the wrong. We're so overmatched right? in this one. Oh, part. Like, like we got the oh, French man. laundry and what I was. <laughs> Just when the, you know when these wines came out, we were younger. So right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and and the clop was only twenty five dollars a bottle. So yeah, yeah this was this was like nine hundred. <laughs> besides the Casada, what else did you? All right. Do? I By the way, two Jeff, Syrahs. this Casada is amazing. Thank you, thank you. Really, I beautiful. brought two more Syrahs: the Domaine de Syrahs, the Zio Tony Syrah. So may, may we'll do Zio Tony first. The Zio Tony is a project that I do from uh, the Martinelli Vineyard. Called Zio Tony, Uncle Tony, right? And, um, you know, I've been friends with the Martinelli family for many, many years. And uh, I'm talking to to George, and he's like, hey, you know, if you're ever interested, we have some Syrah available. And I was like, you know what? How can I say no to that? You know, it's Martinelli fruit. They're amazing growers, and I love making Syrah. Is Syrah the easiest wine in the world to sell? Maybe not so, but... It's easier than Sangiovese. It's easier than Sangiovese. Well, there's a good point. Um, and I, I was just like, I have to make it. I have to make it, you know? And so where... Do you know this where is on the ramp This is Sebastopol, all right? It's at the bottom of the hill, so it's in the coolest section of the vineyard. Um, it is all 470 selection. Yum. And wow. I don't is even want to say clone. Uh, it's more of a 470 selection, that they took some of the smaller berry uh, 470 and planted it there. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a good wine. And you that's know, we, we, have, we have kind of redesigned our Zio Tony Syrah Vineyard uh, project that it only gets about 15% new oak and the rest goes into a 600-gallon foudre. Um, and so uh, this is food drop? No, the food. As you want to say, the, food. Um, food. So it's a 600-gallon barrel. Giant and it's barrel. neutral. Okay. And the rest is a little bit of, of French oak. Okay. Uh, my goal for this vineyard is really to showcase the terroir of the vineyard and, and bring out the fruit. At the, so it's in, like two in, barrels and two new barrels? In two the new bracket. barrels and the rest is in, in, the food is in this one. The food. The food. The food. My so. <laughs> For, so, do you have to have a good French accent to work at the French Laundry? Is that like because no, I would never qualify? Mine's absolutely horrible. <laughs> so bad. I try just to not use it, and if I have to, right. I just make a joke about it. <laughs> just swallow it. So, so six, 60% whole cluster. 60? 60. 60% whole wow. cluster. 
see that amazes me. It doesn't have because it doesn't have any, you know. When you think about, oftentimes wines that have that much whole cluster, you get a little astringency from it. You get green from it. Some and this, this is this is ripe. This was ripe stems, and that's something that, um, you know, doesn't get talked about enough in the the whole cluster movement. I don't know if there's a whole cluster movement, but there, there I think, is. I think there, I think there, there is. is. There is. There, is. Uh, there definitely uh, and, is. It's maybe misled in some cases. Yeah. Well, because. In in California, it takes a lot more for stems to get. I and mean, we're talking about like esoteric wine making type of businesses, stem ripeness. But there's a difference between using ripe stems when they've started to turn yellow and starting to brown a little bit, and and green stems. And this is ripe stems. These were ripe stems. These are they, and you know I wouldn't do it otherwise. Right. So can, can we, from, from the winemakers, this whole stem inclusion, maybe this is because I'm, I'm a hipster wine drinker. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm part of that whole stem movement. Where, right. and I'm, is and it I'm glasses just, first and I'm, or you become a hipster and, and, and then and get yeah, the yeah, no, I think. <laughs> so, so what I'll say to you, what I'll <laughs> the, say. I think the glasses came first, actually. The glasses make you a hipster. All right. So um, what I'd, I'd like to say to you is, okay, so, you know, first of all, you got to have great growing, right? The fruit comes in. Um, we do not just. We do not uh, crush anything. Everything is whole berry to begin with, and then I do look at the stems to see if it's if it's so ripe stems. You de-stem, but you don't crush. I don't crush. All right, and we have a certain amount of stems. You know, whole cluster that we throw in. Um, obviously, this one is is a very high, um, but only because and on the bottom of the tank. You know what? What I like to do is mix it. Because if I put it just at the bottom of the tank, I'm not getting what I want out of it um i like having the whole berry and the whole cluster because i like that carbonic maceration that i'm getting so so maybe maybe that's what i'm getting in some of these wines i only know because I, I other than the internship that i did with with bart at, at Laster, which was amazing i, I know like we talked about me making wine in the bathroom did not go well i know very little about making wine other than what i've read in textbooks i know that the wines that i've enjoyed that are whole cluster when i there, there, there are parts in whole cluster wines that you can recognize the the, the tannin from the stems, the greenness right. from the stems, yes. the, the woodiness. But the parts that of, of whole cluster wines that I've really enjoyed, it brings a kind of a floral note to the to the nose. It brings a really interesting um, non fruit note that that is clearly not coming from the grape, but it's this really interesting floral characteristic um, and this this really kind of beautiful tannin chain where it it almost softens. The tannins it elongates the tannins. I agree, and that's from from a consumer from from my standpoint. That's what I've seen, but I'm always curious what because I know that now now from talking to winemakers about whole cluster and 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 it, it's not just a simple issue of do you whole cluster or do you not. It's either how much, it's how ripe they are, and it's it's the pH balance. It's 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 a decision based on that grape growing season. It's not just I like whole cluster. I'm going to do it. There's factors that go into it. What are those factors? What are the deciding factors in using whole clusters or not? And what do you find is the difference in the wines? What do you find translates from whole clusters to the actual flavor and taste and smell of the wines? All right. So, so as we said earlier, I try to be very Rhone-centric when I make my wines, especially with Zin. You know, Rhone varietals obviously are going to be Rhone. Um, the two wines that we tried today were both 15% whole cluster. For the Zen. On the Zinfandel. On the Zen. Um, and that's and exactly how I felt Molly about those Bar- wines. <laughs> Molly barks at the middle, Barking man. good. <laughs> but, but, you know. There's something really, like, 
classic and iconic about a dog barking at the mailman. Yeah, cor- especially a corgi. Hey. That was literally the, the mailman. That just yeah, was the mailman. The yeah. So, you know, you had to sit there and, and you, you had to taste the fruit. You had to look at those, those, those stems, taste those stems. And I, I think uh, Jaren at, at HDR, Hospice Ruin, said it best. If those stems taste good to you, then you use them. If they taste green, don't use them. Uh, and that's yeah. as simple as it gets. Um, I, I want the complexity that I get from a, the, the whole berry and the whole cluster, but I don't want the stems to be the wine. I want it to only be a little component. And I think that's what I've that's achieved. That's an interesting with that. comment. You want it to be just a component, just not a component. the wine. I don't want you to taste my wines and go, well, I can tell you used whole cluster. I think there are many producers out here in California. When you taste their wine, you go, well, uh, you could tell. I don't want you to tell. I don't want you to know how much, how many, how much oak I used. You know, if, if you can sit there and go, oh, nice oak, then I've done my job wrong. Yeah. Pieces of the palate. Three, not the palate. three sticks, right? <laughs> uh, Bob Cabral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he... Um, Who's he? <laughs> It was a joke, Bob. <laughs> of course, I'm thinking that he's listening. It's, right. it's a good one. Hi, Bob. And, and we're going to send it to him now to make the joke about might it. just be. No, I was going to say that the first one that I had tasted that was a whole cluster, crushed, and, and mixed um, 70-30 uh, red and white, field blend, just what whatever's growing, toss in the truck, and blend it, and that's it. And they make their uh, is it Castaneda? Castaneda. Castaneda. You got to get the Enya on yeah, that. Castaneda. Castaneda. It is one of the best values. I mean, for the for the forty bucks that it costs. I mean, and it, it's a delicious, absolutely wonderful wine. <laughs> and they sell out of it every year. Oh, every year. I mean, you have to you have to call and say, "Can I get?" Two, and they say no. One, and so it's like I feel I'm being punished. But uh, no, they're the first ones that I ran into, and he was, you know, he was on the radio show, and uh, talking about what it did and how how it affected the wine. It, oh. it was really amazing that uh, that and Danny Fay, right? <laughs> Danny Danny had a a section where he was. He had four different blocks in the same area, and he brought in three different uh, bottles of, and I think it was Syrah, at the point, and uh, then a mix of all, a blend of all of them, and it was three different. Um, oh, uh, his clones! He was doing this clones. with Pinot Noir. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. And it was it so much fun to taste those and to compare each one. And they're grown next door to each other. Right. It was absolutely amazing. And and to taste the clone difference, too. You know, what what a 117 is and a 667. And, you know, people don't know this. I mean, certainly our listeners, very few of them should uh, know it. Um, and... What are the clones? I mean, the the most popular clones that you use are. Well, that would depend on yeah, so <laughs> on the variety. Yeah, growing, so, yeah. so many. The, there's so many, and and um, in all case, you know, the, the clones are within a variety. There's there's 
different um, genetic material, and and they're all going to bring something different to the party. They're going to have different flavors. They're going to thrive under different conditions, different soil types, different drainage, different exposure, and you know it's it's, that sensitive. Everything is different. Like that that at uh, Zio Tony, as I was saying, that's four seventy, but that was a selection of some of the smaller berries. That he found so in the basically they're created a, a new clone out of another that clone because out of it's that. so I mean and this is you know again genetically it's identical to any other Syrah right it says the DNA is the same but the way that the plant grows and the the fruit that it produces has these certain characteristics so um, you know and, that, and there's clones that we don't know the lineage of it so it just becomes. That vineyard, you know, the, and, the and martini clone of Zinfandel, grown at Monterosa from the 1880s. Yeah. When? And it's now Monterosa. It's now right? Monterosa clone. But it's, it's, a, now, it's right. a Marcel type selection. It's just a selection. Right. Correct. It's not even a clone anymore. Correct. And, and that, you know, so all these vineyards that were planted before uh, UC Davis was doing this, the clonal research, they, they were all done by field selections, right? And so someone would collect. Um, if they wanted smaller berries, they'd go around, just as you were saying, and pick the smaller berried bunches. Or if they were looking for something that seemed to give better color, certain you know clones, and they'd go through and pick those. So, um, and that's how a lot of those uh, sounds like the farmers' became. market, like this domain de Chirats, That actually is from Hermitage. Um, my my grower, the owner of that vineyard at the time, went to Hermitage and brought back budwood. To plant in the vineyard. It's a, a suitcase selection? That's a suitcase selection. <laughs> that is, um, don't <laughs> try that at home. Don't no, try that at home. I thought we weren't supposed to talk about that. May so. have committed federal crimes. No, so I don't did, think so. I think at we've least, all committed federal crimes at one time or another. <laughs> did, did, in the earlier episode, did you guys talk about the, your relationship making wine with those with guys? With Gangloff. Okay. And yeah, yeah, we did talk okay. about uh, Yves Coulouron, and this is the Syrah that I do with Yves. With the Eve. Viennier Bowling League. Yeah. So... <laughs> Now you get to try the Yves Coulouron. Um, Domaine de Chirats is Old French uh, from the Northern Rhone, which means domain of a pile of rocks. <laughs> it's very simple. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> rock pile. It's rock pile. You were going for the, the nail on the head right there. <laughs> there you go. You know, and one thing what we have done, you know, it's definitely, uh, I don't want to say ever say a compromise. It's It's... It's a meeting of the minds of where we want to to get with this wine. Thank you, and over time, Eve has really come to my side and said, you know what? Using larger format barrels is the way to go. 300 to, to 500 liter barrels for this project um, has, because we have such beautiful fruit here. My tannins are not that big. It's 40% whole cluster, but it's still, the structure is not hard tannins. It's more mineral. So let's keep that fresh fruit, let's keep it soft, and let's not have the wood be the biggest influence. So 40% new oak, and everything is pretty much much large formats as we can. I'd love sur- to see this with some time on you'd it. You'd be surprised. I feel like this in, in 10 years would be really fun. How many well, wines the wood does affect, and it's really out there. I mean, it's, it's like, oh, whoa, this is oaky. Isn't it? And 
It's, you know, when I say that, it's an insult. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Right. The minute you say that, oh, nice wood or, yeah. or, or yeah, 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 yeah. well, then you haven't done your job. Well, but the accountant likes to hear that because then they can justify, <laughs> they spend so much on barrels. It must be making a good impact. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm married to a CPA and the less I spend on wood, the yeah. better off I am. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you make uh-huh. <laughs> okay well this is gonna be a highly rated show i can tell you that are, are we gonna have to have this one edited yeah. no no there's a baby. couple times where we just need to add the the bark in and maybe we'll <laughs> add the bark in on that one <laughs> <laughs> i mean and you have a good bark we need to record it Jeff, we, we do have a lot of listeners, a lot of listening, but it's only a few listeners, so <laughs> okay. don't worry about it. Bart's mom is going to listen to this episode so many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of questions. Bart, what did you mean by that? I can, I can hear that now. The wife, the mom, everybody at the house. Dad, what did you mean by that? Dane's the most critical. Dan, Dan, Dane's the one who's going. Has Dane been listening to the podcast? Hey, hey, no. Hey, Dad. Here's what I did today, son. Yeah. No. no, Dane's into... Uh, Dane has discovered um, 90s grunge and alternative. Oh, mm. man. How old is he? Uh, he's 10 oh, going okay. on 23. <laughs> yeah. You got a long way to go. So these foggy, uh, rainy January days are just right where his mindset is these days. You right? know, he doesn't have any flannel at this point, but <laughs> okay. um, he is learning Dark Hole Sun on the piano right now. Dark Hole Sun on the piano. Man, I can being play. 10 wasn't what it was when I was 10. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Believe me, I was. it was comic books and uh, baseball. That was about it. For Jeff, what's going on in the cellar right now? Ah. Uh, Unless you've already Seller. covered this. No, no, no. We haven't discussed that. You know, uh, I think we all have, you know what? I, I never have stuck fermentations. They're, they're never slow fermentations. They're just special. Right? right? <laughs> Always special. I know exactly and, what and you mean. You sound like a mom. And, and yeah, they're special. They're special. <laughs> My fermentation is just special. They're special. Uh, special. And, and we treat them as special. We're just going to hold it back a month or two. That's okay. right. And you know what? That's what's happening right now. My and fermentation have... needs special tutoring. <laughs> but you know what? Those are the wines that, for me, produce probably the most interesting wines down the road because they have a longer fermentation in the barrel, um, and they'll get there one day. And I, th- you know, that's what's going on right now. Um, so what are, are you? So what, do you do anything wine? with those? Are you just letting them run their course? Are you? You know, they're still bubbling. Everything is bubbling. So it's still so moving. I'm just, yeah. I'm just leaving them alone because what am I supposed to do? Keep them topped up. You keep I mean, them John, topped John, up. John Kongsgard in, in Napa is famous for making Death some of resurrection, the most in, right? in, incredible Chardonnay in, in California, if not the world. And it's because his fermentations take place over years. They literally take years to finish fermenting. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's this death and resurrection. It's this wine died, and you'll taste it, and you go... John, this is dead. This is this. You have to throw all this away. And he goes, "No, wait." And then a year later, it's like, "Oh yeah, this is really nice." And that's why winemaking is magic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's why winemaking is magic. Sam, do you have that on t-shirts at all? 
No. Or, or Jesus. I was, was, was going to make it, it's the grapes stupid. That's what I was like, talking about t-shirts today. It just said, it's the grapes stupid. Um, but wine making is magic. Kind of goes along with it. So. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's the back of the shirt. Right. <laughs> I mean. Or just a couple different shirts. Yeah. Some shirts that you give to growers and some shirts you give when <laughs> the winemakers are oh, around. God. <laughs> But you know that's what's going on right now. I mean, it, it's you know we're we're in a period right now. Things are pretty mellow. Um, so hopefully, getting on the road a little bit more to sell some wine. Yeah, that's what I got to do. Is get you got to get on the road. Wine. Well, Bart, uh, how is uh, business and what's going on and et cetera? Are you, are you on the road? Do you get? In- uh, you know, right now I'm I'm kind of a slave to my day job, so. Uh, we've but, been that sucks, doesn't um, it? Well, we've just been <laughs> Don't busy. Don't your day and, job until your yeah, night job right, pays, Exactly, right? right. You love your That's day exactly job. Exactly, right. <laughs> um, no, I've just been uh, busy with that. You know, there's um, uh, we're still cleaning up and still trying to get organized. We're selling barrels, we're going to bottle in two weeks. Um, so I haven't been out yet, and nobody wants to see anybody right now anyway. Maybe two more weeks or three more weeks. So I'm setting the hooks now, or you know, throwing them out the bobbers' emails. Good man. Hey, how you doing? Remember last year when I stopped by? And so, um, yeah, no, we're trying to going to try to develop some good, redevelop some relationships and develop some new ones. So redevelop. I need that. I go into Sonoma Market. I don't know, at least twice a week, and it's like. There's an empty slot there still. <laughs> They're holding two, two, two for, for you. Two faces for you. No, it's a. They're, they, yeah, I. It's that's my own issue. I have to uh, bottle Cabernet. That's what they're interested in, and I haven't bottled it yet. So there's nothing to sell them at this point. Well, because I'm happy the to say we're sold out of the previous. And one. and tell them to. It's the greatest problem to have though. Drink the Zin. And, and drink, you know, and drink more Zin, us. Sonoma. Drink Zin. Drink Zin, stupid. Drink it's the Zin, stupid. Well, all right. <laughs> How do we get in touch with you for our listeners? And uh, With me? Yeah. Uh, DaneSellers.com. Bart at Dane Sellers. That's it. At it's easy. Dane Sellers on the social media. Drink more Chenin Blanc. Yeah, exactly. Wait, you make Chenin Drink Blanc? Drink more Chenin Blanc. Do you that, make I, Chenin Blanc? Wait, that joke did Bart, not Bart, stay Bart, in 2017. Bart, Bart, Bart you make Bart, Chenin Blanc? Bart, Bart, you make a Chenin Blanc? You make a Chenin Blanc? You know, uh, it's actually it's sold out already, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Brian Casey, you're wrong, by the way. Brian Casey hasn't bought all the Chenin Blanc yet? It is not sold out yet. Those of you who heard it was sold out, it's not. So... It's, it's at Brian Casey's house. You just have to go buy it. From so, him. <laughs> business has been good for everybody, and and you know, for our first couple of broadcasts for 2018. Wait, I want to talk about Jeff's tasting room uh, a little bit more. Okay, do oh. it. <laughs> do it. No, I just you. You have to. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate tasting that. Tasting lounge. Tasting, Ta- tasting lounge. lounge. You know what? I am there at least one day on the weekend. I could say that when I'm not during harvest. Um, please come by. Uh, I, you know what? If I am there, you will have a great experience. If I'm not there, you will still well, have an even a great better experience. experience. <laughs> but if I'm there, you know that I'm going to pull something out. Wait a minute, that didn't come out right. <laughs> if I am to- there, <laughs> I'll grab a bottle that I will pour special for you. So... We're gonna get so many complaints. Oh my god! <laughs> I know well, they're all gonna. Is go there a place for people to complain? Is there? Is there an option? They're all good. DaneSellers.com. They all like them. Come on by. Uh, you never know what's gonna come out of my mouth. 
Wait a minute, that Wait didn't come out wow. right either. Actually, so the perfect. moral of the story is go to the, the go to uh, Jeff Cohen on a Thursday or a Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm not it's there. Right? And then over to your place. Hide your kids' heights. Absolutely. Right 216 feet to the southeast is my tasting room. And that would be 16600 tasting 16, house. Tasting house. Tasting yeah. house. I've been on vacation. It's a tasting house. You don't have... You don't have... I don't even have a bar. There's no bar in my tasting room. There's house. No, there's a table. No bar. There's a, there's a table oh, it's, it's and a, there's a living room with a, a coffee it's table. It's a couch right. and a table. It's one of the best tastings I, I've done yeah. in Sonoma. I've there done hundreds no and bar. it was one of my favorites. It was you just sat there and we had some nuts and olive oil and drank some... You left... You left... Did anybody pull anything out when you had those nuts? And your tasting room guy... But drove it back to us. We were yeah. wasted. We had no idea where we were. But he, he drove us our clothing back to us. It was amazing. It was lovely. Um, Brian Casey has just dessert wine for uh, showed up the with show a. I need to get a new glass. Yeah, yeah. With Brian a, Casey, not not even on the show today, just still pouring us and bringing us wine. Oh, that's Saturn. okay. He's he's a psalm. He he knows how to so do it. So this is a remember a while back. We had a Sauterne that you pulled out of somewhere that was like from the 50s or the 60s. The old one, right? yeah. So this is a Sauterne from that same, not from the same no, producer, no, no, no. I think this but is it's a from Barsac. 07? Yeah, this is an 07 Barsac. So it's yep. that same. It's not the classic Sauterne region, but it's the like neighboring one. It just doesn't have the name. Right. Well, and we never talk about dessert wines on this show, so I thought it'd be fun to bring something in. And I have a wow. buttload of uh, Sauternes. Yeah. Wait, where do you keep this? <laughs> I have a buttload of Sauternes so in my fridge. Um, um, but I thought it'd be fun to pull one out today. Pull one out of my buttload. <laughs> there you go, Bart. I don't know if you want this anymore. keeps dropping. <laughs> I don't want it. No. And this is, uh, you know, it's, it's mostly Semillon, uh, little Semillon Blanc, a little uh, mus- Muscadel. Muscadel, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. There's Muscadel, Muscadet. Oh, Muscadel. Muscadel. There's a different a variety than Muscadet. So, so, so Muscadet is the region. Muscadet is a region in, yeah, in the Muscadet. west part of the Loire Valley that's Melon de Bourgogne. Yeah. That's the extent of my French. Oh, you go back to your earlier question. Better than I did. Yeah. Wait, what year is this again? 07. 07. This is great. Chateau Coutet. Chateau Coutet. And I think this is the drinking window is something like. 2017 through 30 or something. So it's just at the beginning. Like 30, of the 30. Like yeah. dessert wine, like Sauterne can go. Chateau, we can't. Like there are some. Right. Like, obviously, you ever the, seen the, the movie the, Blade Runner. <laughs> they're, they're, that's when you should drink the uh, <laughs> your Sauterne. They're, they, these these can live. I mean, Sauternes can live for for a hundred years. Wait a minute. I think he's an android or whatever. Right. What were they chasing? Brian is from the wow. future. Sommelier from yeah. the future. They're drinking this wine. <laughs> 30, Tron. 30. Uh, a premier he came, yeah, he came in on his Tron bike. Uh, 27 to 07. Uh, Sauterne. Barsac. What is Barsac? Wow. That's a very complex aroma. The, mm-hmm. the ginger. There's a ginger, ginger. component mm-hmm. to this. It's freaking. In 1788. That's, a, a, that's the classic botrytis marker is ginger. Yeah. The estate was uh, bought by. Noble Rot. I love you, mm. man. Thanks for opening that. Holy cow. <laughs> I was going to go back to work today. Well, <laughs> I still do. <laughs> Me too. Mm. So it's all okay. Hey, we got wow. everybody. Can we do in? an episode of the show where we just get really, really drunk? 
No, we d- we're doing we the as opposed to <laughs> the show, and and actually we're we are over. So, well, no, can we do it in the next week? Ian and I are both off. <laughs> I have, I'm off for like the next two weeks. So whenever whenever you guys want to so. just party, we're gonna let's do, do this. A, we're gonna do a spinoff. It's drunk winemakers with Brian <laughs> yeah. and Ian. We're we gonna put bottles in front of you. Smoke weed. Can we smoke a little weed during that show? It's a requirement. Are we also be required to smoke weed to listen to? Join us next week when me and Brian Casey just get really really drunk uh, <laughs> that goes out to 12,000 people yeah. so, you know hey no it's actually a, you know a what what's Bart Hansen's ha- mom 12 what, times. what happened what happens is gonna you're gonna see the numbers just spike <laughs> like a bitcoin okay I mean you know who are we Turns talking out like about with a bitcoin I wouldn't add, buy a add bitcoin right Psalm now the, if uh, you paid me <laughs> Sandra's sure. all about the bitcoins I think. Uh, she was wasn't she I don't want to say anything. That was delicious. I drank an entire glass of yeah, so I turned it. Well, you get more now. <laughs> well, hey everybody, thank you. Uh, well, John's gonna Bart, for thank you for getting uh, getting over here. Absolutely. I'm glad you made it. I wouldn't and, miss Jeff Cone and and Ian. Thank you for having me. Uh, oh, Jeff, it's been our goal to get you on and we've been on since may of last year i think so you were you know, i'm sorry there, there was a text message or an email that went out once a week for this last first seven months going is this the episode are we, is jeff is jeff available what about jeff anybody talk to jeff can jeff come this week is jeff available Jeff's number. the sad thing is because nobody also come on the show <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if we can't get anybody at least we can get cone <laughs> All right, I feel very, very special. <laughs> and John still feels guilty for losing the uh, stuff at Sweet D. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was a bad one, man. That was a bad one. Oh, God. Uh, but, I, I, you know, somebody told me to let those bottles, those magnums, <laughs> sit for six months before I opened them. Now, were you bullshitting yes. me? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Or should you... I mean, should I? Be, you, they were airmailed to you from 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 France. from Shannon Blue. No, let it sit. Let it sit. Okay. Yeah, even if the wine was ready to drink, let it sit. Okay. Let it. To, we well, it right but the, but the point was that it was corked, right? <laughs> it was. So, no, so, it, so it wouldn't matter. It no, doesn't, doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't matter they were, when you they replaced it. it. They, they replaced, replaced the cork oh, mango. I understand. They replaced the cork wine with one bottle of corked wine. With two magnums. Well, then we could open Don't, one of really? them now. We could uh, open and decide up. if you should. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we, we should could. open one now and then wait six months and see if it's different. So you're saying if okay. I opened a bottle of corked wine and I send it back to the producer, no, they no. will send me four bottles of new wine. That's no, amazing. Two, no. <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You send them two magnums for so. one bottle of corked wine. <laughs> right. uh, well, that's it. How good a letter writer are you, Jeff? I have two yeah, bottles I'm, of corked, uh, two two barrels, two. <laughs> Guys, wait, I'm confused. <laughs> no, I'll just send you What's two barrels of that wine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And a straw. A really big straw. Oh, two God. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks I'll for listening. You, I'll send you two We guys are in the winemakers with. <laughs> we were the winemakers. We, we were with. <laughs> now we're all going to go. Bart Hansen, Brian Casey, Sam Katuri, and Jeff Cohen, and Ian Blessing. And so, everybody, thanks for listening and putting up with us for another day. Thanks again. Love you guys. Be good.